read Matthew 1, 18 to 23, and I just want to share some thoughts with you about this passage as well. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It started in March 1974, but it wasn't until the summer of 1974 that people began to stare, whisper, and talk, and the rumors were true. Marion was 18, unmarried, boyfriend was gone, and she was pregnant. It was something of a scandal at the time in small town rural Ireland, and it is a similar scandal that we started our reading with today. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now it's very plainly stated because the magnitude and scandal of what is contained speaks for itself. Jesus is introduced to us as fully human yet conceived in Mary through the Holy Spirit because he is fully God too. Now, it doesn't tell us how that happened, but it does tell us a lot about God and how he works. God is determined to associate with us in our human weakness, with us in all of our shame, with us and the scandals that we encounter, he moves right into that space to blow it up from the inside out. And that tells you that Jesus is able to relate to your and our humanity from conception to the grave, whatever it is we may encounter. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph is a compassionate but realistic man and so he opts for a quiet separation so as not to expose Mary to public disgrace to further difficulty and we're told nothing of how they related or talked to one another in between and it's quite sparse and tense but verse 20 after he had considered this an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now at that time, names were usually family names. In this instance, Joseph is told the gender, the name, and the why of the name he is to give this child. He is to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, Jesus is a version of the name Joshua, which means God saves. And that tells us a lot about ourselves. I mean, what would you say we need God to come in human form to rescue us from? Maybe from climate change or from war or from poverty. Sin hardly seems like an urgent issue, and we find that irrelevant and or insulting. It smacks into our pride and self-sufficiency to be told that we need rescued from sin. Because what we are being confronted with is the root cause of all our brokenness, our sadness, Everything is derived from the mess that's caused from our turning away from God and living out our own agenda. And that has set us on a collision course of judgment with God, our creator. And we're helpless to save ourselves from it. Jesus comes to save us from sin and to bring us to God. That is his purpose. That is why he was conceived in this young woman's womb. And so we'll never understand Christmas More than that, we'll actually never understand ourselves without acknowledging our neediness, our need for rescue, rescue from the corrosive effects of sin that burns through all that is wholesome. And actually, we'll never understand God until we acknowledge that need. Sin is presented to us as our greatest problem, and we are helpless to resolve it ourselves, yet Jesus comes to rescue. He comes as savior to bring forgiveness, reconciliation, wholeness, and peace. And just think of what that cost Jesus. Think of his life embroiled in scandal, weakness, and service, his shameful death when he's crucified, his startling resurrection. What's it all about? Why? What is the point of all of that? And we are told here, right at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, that it is to save his people from their sins, to save you. I think most of us don't like being being helped. Some of us are very hard to help. We don't want to say we need help. We don't want to appear needy, and we don't want or like to owe people. We're happier with being needed and helping. But God is our helper, and we are needy. He meets our need, and when he does that, when he does that in Jesus, all of our wants and expectations are turned upside down, and we see in Jesus a God who says, come to me, because I have come to you. I got you. Don't hide. Don't run away. And that was the plan all along. Verse 23, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. Apparently most men, although I'm not one of them, leave their shopping till lunchtime on Christmas Eve because they're so disorganized. Well, God has been planning what he would do in Jesus since eternity. And it, we were told of it through the prophet Isaiah here. That's what that quote is from. And that was 700 odd years before Jesus actually came. And the Bible is the planned story of God fulfilled in Jesus. All of this and all that will follow is exactly as God intended it to be. Nothing occurs by chance or last minute rushing. Jesus will rescue his people as it has been planned to be the case through all eternity and prophesied, told of right through the scriptures. That means God is with us. But of course, Jesus wasn't called Emmanuel. He was called Jesus. If you come to my house, you'll notice that Jonah who read for us, I often don't call him Jonah. I call him the bear. And that's kind of a nickname I have for him because it expresses something of his personality. And this is similar here in intent, though much more significantly so. It captures Jesus' character. Jesus goes by the name Jesus, but he will bring to life all that was meant by the name Emmanuel. All that was meant by God being with us. This baby, this person is God in the flesh, God with us, God next to us, God entering into and understanding our lived experience. God becomes man, he becomes one of us to be with us, to be alongside us, to be explicable to us, to be relatable to us, to save us, to tell us he's not distant, he's not removed from the reality of your life, he's not confused by your experience, and he's not going to abandon you. That was very immediate for Joseph, this was happening to him, his life, his family, not somebody else's. And he's waking up to this marvelous truth that God secures in Jesus. That God is with him. God is with his people. God is with us. And that transforms everything. In December in 1974, in the Rotunda Hospital, just up, up the road from here, a now 19-year-old Marion had a baby boy, and she wore a wedding ring bought for her on O'Connell Street here so that she would appear married when she was in the hospital. And that, of course, is this wedding ring here, this one here, because, of course, Marion is my mother. And she got through all those challenges because God was with her and he was with me. We ask ourselves, how can we get through this life that we've been given when it's nothing like I thought it would be? Well, because Jesus means God is with us. What about the complexity of my life? What about the decisions that I regret? What about when I feel sad and lost and lonely and misunderstood? What about when I mess up big time, when I fail? when I get it all completely wrong, when I feel shame and fear, when I have done wrong and I know it. Jesus means my sin is forgiven. Jesus means God is with me. 
Jesus means that whatever may unfold, God is with me. Has that sunk into your life yet? Because it's transformative. Joseph, we're missing verse 24, I see in the reading. But Joseph immediately gets up to respond in obedience to what he was asked to do. He takes Mary. He obeys. And there's no snooze button for obedience. There's no, you know what, now isn't a good time. No complaining about the fact that we never signed up for any of this. Joseph just wanted an ordinary life to get married, settle down, you know, have, a, have a family. He acts in obedience to God immediately and his life actually gets harder. He had to get used to and listen to the whispers, the rumors, the lingering looks of disapproval as Mary's bump got bigger. People talk. Towns were small. But he obeyed and his life became harder. Think about that. Mary obeyed and her life was turned inside out. You need to think about that. But Jesus means Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus means Emmanuel. Sin is defeated. Jesus means God is with us. He's with you. So let that reality sink into your life this Christmas and forever.